I do enjoy the towel or VHS gift option. I like the idea of just deciding two gifts that you're going to give people. Of course you would like <laughs> then that. Then you just decide which one they get. Of course you would like that. Towel or VHS. Are we getting towels? No, you guys are VHS friends. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> Shh. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We are having a special episode, a Christmas episode. We're talking about a Christmas movie. We're talking about Scrooged. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined as always by my real cheerful friends, Joe and Duff. Happy Holidays. We're so happy to share this wonderful day with you while you drive to uh, your in-law's house or whatever you have to do. I almost wasn't available for this. My cancer-ridden mom, I was getting her a gift. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was just in line and I didn't have enough money. It's just a pair of shoes, but it meant a lot to her. But don't worry, everything worked out and I'm here. We're going to talk about Scrooged. This is a, an interesting holiday film. What is this movie? Who is it for? <laughs> well, well, let's let's quickly, if, if you've never seen Scrooged or never heard of it, it's, it's A Christmas Carol. Told, retold another another variation of a christmas carol in the late 80s and you know it's the 80s because there's a lot of tab there is a lot of tab. yeah i mean okay i don't want to didn't want the first thing i say about this movie to be negative but who drinks vodka and cola it's, explain that to me that's what you drink when you're an alcoholic and out of everything else with someone, <laughs> someone who got feel for christmas it ju- it just seems like they they're like well we need money so we'll get this tab product placement money yeah so then why didn't they have them tr- put whiskey in it or something I've never had a tab mixed drink ever Joe so well I don't know what you put in with that <laughs> well it's it's a cola right I thought it no, was a cancer cola my coworker is the last person on earth who still buys tab <laughs> and one time he's I was like much like you guys I'm like I don't even remember what tab tastes like or if I've had it. he's like you want to try one and I, I drink. You want to try one? Were you scared like the first time you smoked weed? Like, well, I don't know if I should. What if everyone laughs at me? It is not good, not good at all. So I want to just jump right into a question. Uh, so Frank Cross, our our protagonist, well, our main character, they uh, got that from uh, going into a uh, name generator. Yeah, <laughs> spit back Frank Cross. Frank Cross was an old wrestler back in the day who would lose to the, the main guys all the time. So yeah, it is like, like. <laughs> it, it is like a jobber wrestling yeah. name. <laughs> From Reading, Pennsylvania, here to fight the macho man, Randy Savage, <laughs> Frank Cross. Everyone's like, uh. It's just a guy wearing nondescript blue shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and a mustache. It's his first uh, time wrestling. <laughs> um, so Frank Cross runs a cable network. My question is, uh, what... As a viewer, as a as a person, we both enjoy. We all enjoy movies and shows and all sorts of mass media. <laughs> like, which yeah. which show would you be most excited to tune into on IBC? Here are your five options. Oh yeah, I, I'm 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 into this. The night the reindeer dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one with Lee Majors, right? That's yes. one of Lee Majors t- protecting protecting Santa Claus from terrorists. All right, so far that's my number one. Um, 
Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. <laughs> that, I think, might be the funniest joke in the whole movie for me. So... Also, that they call him Bob, I've no, I've always yeah, it yes. messed me up too. So yeah, Bob Bob Goulet's Cajun Christmas is probably my front runner. I kept waiting for Fro- Kermit the Frog to like show up in the background. <laughs> it's like uh, this one. I don't know if it has legs, um, but it sure works for me as a joke. Father loves Beaver. Of course, that's right in keeping, favorite. right in keeping with all your great jokes from tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's funny. It's, it's funny, funny, but it's lazy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Uh, Scrooge, which I think is not the one we're gonna choose. That's the like, buddy hack at Scrooge. Yes, <laughs> seems <laughs> terrible. Uh, or Frisbee the dog. I'm still going with uh, Bob. I don't Goulet. remember what the Frisbee the dog one was. That's the Frank's scene. Frank's mascot show. Yeah. Oh, oh! I see. I thought you were show. talking about all stuff from the beginning. No. Thing. No. Okay. Uh, the kids show that tapes live on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I never realized that until, until just now. It's a live special. Um, yeah. yeah. So okay. So I mean, I, I guess it does make sense if they have another live show that they would do that. So I would, I would, I would actually tune in to Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. Uh, the night the reindeer died easily. <laughs> you guys, that's your answer too. No, I yeah, mean it it, is. it's between those two. But uh, I'm a sucker for the old time hope. So watch your language, Duff. It's the holidays. What do you care? I have to edit this. <laughs> so I'm telling you, jingle jingle, put jingle bells in instead of the slide whistle. This episode oh. was the five million dollar man still. So that this was far enough after the five million dollar man was over for this to just be like kind of a fun irony joke, right? Uh, six million. Six million dollar. Um, but yeah, like this, like. Uh, I would there's, guess there's, that that was done by the late seventies. Yeah, seventy-eight. It had its last episode. So uh, yeah. we're a decade past that. And... <laughs> so we're the youngest people that kind, and only because we're yeah. somewhat like pop culture savvy, we get that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no matter what you do, if you get like some B-list celebrity by nature, getting a B-list celebrity as like an erotic joke, it's got a short shelf life. And it's 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 a funny joke. Like it's funny even if you even with, even if you is. don't know who it is. It's yeah, funny. like. Defending Santa from terrorists is a pretty great cold open for a movie. Yeah. Um, this movie also has something that, as a child, I loved this person. And uh, it's got old Bobcat. Yeah. yeah. He's great. He is yeah. He is very good. And um, I kind of went down an internet rabbit hole, guys, on old Bobcat. Is it Bobcat? Say his Goldthwait. last name. Goldthwait. Okay. He's, he's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah, he's a very interesting person. Do you guys know about his guest appearances in the 90s when he would go on talk shows and just wreck havoc? In 93, he went on Conan and tossed furniture ran around the set. Then he was on one of the last episodes of the Arsenio Hall show, and he was demonstrably upset that the program was being canceled, that he took (laughs) spray paint and spray painted Paramount sucks on a glass wall. Yeah, I and fe- threw equipment around the studio. I think did he have a substance abuse problem he for a while? I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't check into that. But then this is like all within like a calendar year. Then he went on Jay Leno and the Tonight Show, and he lit the guest chair on fire. As you do, <laughs> I, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, 
so yeah i don't really know if you know he had personal issues that were happening that he kind of like recovered from i just um, think he, i just think he rules but he might have just been enjoying his life um but he was in a movie guys he was in a movie that i saw when i was a little kid i've not seen this movie since and it is a movie that stuck with me and as a child i loved it it is the movie hot to trot <laughs> and the best way i can explain the movie hot to trot is it's about a talking horse who gives investment tips <laughs> hmm. um it it's uh Critically this this is a Hollywood movie? Hollywood movie with Virginia Matson in it as well. well. I'm listening. Yes. Um Hollywood movie. It it was it won a bunch of raspberries because uh, it was terrible or Razzie Awards. Uh it was apparently terrible. As a kid I loved it. I was rereading the plot synopsis, which I don't remember much of. I just remember as a kid the talking horse made me laugh a lot. Um the the plot synopsis, this movie is only 88 minutes long. The plot synopsis on uh, Wikipedia is a, a full, like, seven full paragraphs describing what happens in this movie. God bless whoever these people are, these <laughs> Wikipedia saints. I know. That do, like, the meticulous episode-by-episode episode summaries of, like, Family Matters and stuff. Oh, yeah, or, like, Golden Golden yeah. Girls. He, he points out, like, the, the anachronisms in Full House. <laughs> um. This this movie ends. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to a little bit. It ends in a horse race. You can just spoil it, dude. No one's <laughs> going to watch this stupid movie. So I okay, so so without looking at the summary, I have questions. Okay. okay. Um, has the horse always been able to talk? The yeah, it's voiced by John Candy, by the way. Oh, there's two really See? funny people in this movie. I know. Do See? they do they explain how the horse number one? can talk because i assume other horses can't um so all it says from the beginning is that bobcat is a bad a bachelor simpleton bachelor who inherits a bucktooth horse named don it's bucktooth and he discovers don is a talking horse that belonged to his deceased father you know what i legitimately love that because i love <laughs> i love when there's just a crazy setup it takes a minute to explain boom you're in so uh <clears throat> The night before the big race, because uh, Bobcat's character has to ride the horse, I believe, in the in the race, um, he has he's having second thoughts, and he is visited by his father, who's obviously from the beginning. I told you he's dead, but he's been reincarnated as a horse fly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. So do we have to just listen to a horse and a fly for this entire movie? <laughs> If I didn't have a Wikipedia page open with a very amusing poster, I would not believe any of this. This is incredible. I questions. So okay. is the is the horse good at investing? Yeah, he's very good at it. How did he learn? Um, I don't remember. Does he, he just um, tells people what to buy? He does hooves. Yes. How does he does how does he, does he have an office? <laughs> Is it How a, does he read the stocks? Yeah. Uh, is there like a t- is there like a, like a ticker that someone um, puts in front of his big his big long face? And it, there's two love stories going on here. There's a love two? story. Yeah, there's a love story with the Bobcat Goldthwait character and a woman and also with the horse? With the horse and another another horse named Satin Satin Doll. Who, who <laughs> can that horse talk? 
I don't. <laughs> I feel like this deserves its own episode, guys. Yeah, this. I don't know what to tell you. I went down a big rabbit hole to talk about Hot to Trot there. I do like the idea that Frank Cross is not a good person. He is very mean. Um, Are you familiar with the story of a Christmas Carol? I am. I am, and we'll, we'll, I have more to say on that. I'm just gonna wait on it. But I- so you're talking about how he's a bad person, right? Yes. But he's a bad person in like entirely different ways from every other. Ad- I mean, I've never read a Christmas Carol, but I I feel confident having seen a million adaptations of it. It's always Scrooge. It's his greed is primarily why he's bad, and I don't really think that Frank Cross isn't. I mean, I'm sure he is greedy, but that isn't even in the top ten reasons why he's bad. He's just evil. Like he, but, he is evil. But the he's... point it it undermines the entire point of Dickens' novel, which is to attack and undermine greed and just valuing money above all things. But when you take that element away, it it makes it really muddies everything, and that's why this movie doesn't. I mean, I, there are things about it that I like, but it it doesn't work because of that. And I think it's because it's it's a movie of the 80s where I don't think it wants to talk about that because greed is good. Mm, that's an interesting take, Joe. There, there's, it, it removes all class consciousness from Dickens' story. It does. Uh, I'm, there's, there's like a little bit between him and his assistant. but Sort but of. But not, it's all about, it's primarily not about him. It's more about power and ego or vanity. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I think that's a good take. I'm kind of in the same boat in that I kind of respect this movie, but more does not work for me than does. It is a weird movie, but in a way that I'm kind of like, well, they tried something. Well, it's clear that that Bill Murray is just trying to make, it just has an axe to grind with the entertainment industry, and he's using the story of A Christmas Carol to attack it. Yeah. And and it's not fully formed and and it it's not really a good fit either. No, for I, this story. At, at no fault to him. I don't think Bill Murray is good in this role or right for the part because hit Bill Murray's version of greedy or villainous is just being really loud and but that's also sometimes how he's funny, so it's very confusing. Like I, if he would have made this movie 20 years or you know 15 years later, and and he would have just done this role like just sort of like quietly, yeah. You know, like post Rushmore, like the the first decade, of, you know, post Rushmore, Bill Murray, I think probably would have done really post well Wes with Anderson this. rehabilitation. Yeah, uh, I, I I think you're. I think I've actually had this this written down, and I actually uh, I thought this would be a take you guys would get mad at me about, but I think we're all on the same side here. He's not ready for this role. No. Um, well, and yeah. and, and I actually found this very interesting we could you know if we want to dig into the movie i had issue i have just a lot of things i actually really 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 love in this movie but most of it like i just don't like frank so much that like i can't even like whenever it goes to him interacting i'm just waiting for the ghosts i want more ghosts i just want more ghosts but at the end when you know we sort of have like his you know monologue at the end and this sort of like you know, the the Christmas spirit creeps back into this movie pretty strong at that point. I actually think he's very good in that. And I was kind of relieved to learn that 
Richard Donner said that this was the that was the last scene that they shot in this movie. Yeah, you can tell it was their last day, and they're like, "Well, just get out there and talk, and uh, we'll just wing it and figure it out." It is the most like loose. It, it looks like they really just made it up as they were going along. And I don't know if that's intentional or what. And, and it's it, the best Murray is in this movie. I think the ending works as well as it can, and Bill Murray is very good. I don't think he was a cocaine guy, but it is a cocaine rager <laughs> of a speech at the end. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But it it actually uh, it actually really works for me, and I you know I you kind of want to dig into the into this movie um and and i like there's there's so much i like like i really like uh, his his dead boss lee hayward in this movie stan like, lee not st- <laughs> oh, stan- <my> <laughs> that's gonna be stan lee's excelsior <laughs> hello fair listeners or readers or whatever he says uh, so it, <laughs> I, I'm back on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If <laughs> all the rest of the cameos are just going to be that guy now yeah. for the future movies, yeah. <laughs> I was when he shows up in this movie. His introduction, everything with him is so great. I love all the ghosts, and to me, like they keep getting better. The makeup job on him is horrifying. Yeah, it's, it's so really good. good. It it's it, so it good. is like. George Romero creep show level. It's, yeah, I'm when like, the golf oh, ball comes out of his head oh, and the mouse comes out. Like when his hand breaks off and there's just <laughs> tendons and stuff. It yeah. is it, it is wild. It, and so, like, I think part of it is because when I saw this as a kid, like the Ghost of Christmas Past, like I enjoyed I enjoyed that. And then when Christmas Present comes and it's Carol Kane. Well, let's I'm, go one at a time. Let's go okay, one at a yeah. time. Okay. Ghost of Christmas Past played by David Johansson of New York Dolls fame. He owns that band owned, and he's just uh, you could not have found a better person to play this part. Buster Point Dexter <laughs> was yeah. his eighties persona. Talk about a weird career. He might be my favorite character in this movie. Yeah, he's mine, mine for sure. Well, him and Bobcat are my favorite. I mean, I like. I'm still like um, Lee Hayward. Yeah, um, he's good too. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Ghost of Christmas past is yeah. great and actually like a lot of the past stuff i think uh especially when he's a kid and stuff i i i, I thought was pretty good one of the issues i have with this movie is that it's so tonally inconsistent so it will go from kind of farce and kind of like a, a zucker abram zucker movie feel to really kind of sad and more with the Dickens feel and they never really mesh well for me and uh, again to Murray's ad-libbing there's a lot of the time when he'll say a joke or something and it just kind of takes you out of it and I, it, I, I think he's the worst part of the movie yeah that might be a fair assessment well from what you read about in the movie like him and Richard Donner Depending, it depends on who you ask, but they were both trying to make two different kinds of movies. So I think that that's really what was going on here is just he was zigging and the director is zagging the whole time. And that I think that's why it's so inconsistent. That could be it. That could be and it. I think that this is a difference between a director that can handle Bill Murray and then Groundhog Day is an example of a director who can. 
Yes. Because it was the same working environment for Groundhog Day. Like him and Harold Ramis. I mean, that ended their friendship and they never talked again. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, from Groundhog Day. And and Groundhog Day is great. Yeah. It's fantastic. And But Bill Murray didn't like it and he did, it wasn't the movie that he wanted to make. And Bill Murray said the same thing about this movie, that it could have been great, but he didn't think it worked and that him and Richard Donner had different ideas of what it should be. But yeah. uh, obviously for Groundhog Day, Harold Ramis was able to get enough out of him to make it work and Richard Donner was I mean anything Wes Anderson has done where he you know he knows how to use him in different ways than It also could just be that 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 might be Wes Anderson it might also just be Bill Murray continuing to mature also yeah. I mean he had I mean that stretch in the 90s I would imagine humbled him quite a bit. <laughs> I would think so The the movie with the elephant he inherits or whatever which is kind of the same premise as Operation Dumble Drop Hot to Trot or whatever uh no that's a different elephant oh, movie Oh that's yeah that's uh with uh Danny Donald Glover. Glover Danny Glover Donald Glover <laughs> <laughs> when he was like one Um in addition to Richard Donner and Bill Murray being very different people and having very different viewpoints of what this movie should be is the people the people who wrote this not charles dickens but (laughs) the screenwriters yeah especially uh michael o'donohue in some ways it makes sense that they chose him for this movie but in other ways it does not he was the first head writer for saturday night live and he wrote for national lampoon at that time those institutions were groundbreaking and edgy and out there. Michael O'Donohue, at his best, he was subversive and he was a dark, dark humorist, like kind of a predecessor to David Letterman or The Onion or Adult Swim and things like that. But at his worst, he was kind of an edgelord. So an example of this is The National Lampoon, his biggest contribution was something called the Vietnamese baby book, oh my God. which was an anti-war parody of, you know, when you get a baby baby's first book. Mm-hmm. So this thing was like just a parody. And the only joke was that the United States had napalmed Vietnam. So it would be like baby's first shrapnel. <laughs> oh he was actually featured a few times on SNL. He was Mr. Mike's least love bedtime stories, reading such books as The Little Engine That Died. Okay. And it's not totally known if it's true, but he was attributed as saying, making people laugh is the lowest form of comedy. (laughs) So, I mean, this guy, good and bad, but... Yeah. So he's the guy... And again, he had worked with Bill Murray, so in that way it makes sense. He was one of the writers, but I think he was the major force for a lot of it. But So it makes sense from the Bill Murray side, but then meshing him and his sensibility with A Christmas Carol, that is never going to work, in my opinion. And Bill Murray picked him and that other guy to, to rewrite... Yeah, the script too. Like yeah. they, they must have changed it so much that the first people didn't get credit for it. I guess. But this was kind of like a Judd Apatow type situation where they would just film, and there was so much stuff, and a lot of it was cut. I do appreciate how it, it is eighty-eight minutes. I can't imagine if this movie was like one hundred fifteen. It's longer than eighty-eight minutes. It's like a hundred minutes, like 
with credits. So yeah, I was thinking of Hot to Trot, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's ninety-seven well, minutes. You're right. So okay, we, so then we go we on to uh, yeah, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas present, the, the Ghost of Christmas Present. Terrible. I I like I like Carol Kane, so I I'm fine with Christmas. I present. I like Carol Kane a lot. I do not like Carol Kane in this movie. And it's awful. And I can't tell what she's saying. Like her It's so bad. This is where it just gets very farcical, slapsticky, but at the same time we're supposed to be feeling emotions. And she was having like a nervous breakdown during her the entire filming of her her parts. Yeah, cuz she was like being I think because I read that like Bill Murray wanted her to be physical with him, but then she like actually hurt him a few times, like ripped his lip or something. Yeah, um, no. she sucks uh, in this movie. I, yeah, I, it's okay. I, I disagree. What I do love, guys, is the Ghost of Christmas Future. <laughs> Little goblins. That that happened. Like I said, I haven't watched this in a long time, and then they they cut to those goblins, and it was like I was like, oh my god. That's what this. That's what that's from. Like that's been ingrained in my brain for so it's long, and I pretty didn't know terrifying. What it was. Yeah, I didn't know what it was from, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's this movie!" But I remember that a lot, a lot. Yeah, it sticks with you. It's a it's a good it's a good Ghost of Christmas Future, even though the future stuff, it it feels like oh man, we gotta wrap this up because it's really quick. <laughs> this kind of uh, goes into a, a a thing I have with Frank. And this isn't even just Frank. This is probably more of a criticism at all for Ebenezer Scrooge and 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 the Christmas Carol. What makes me mad is I think it's sort of dumb that like the big moment that this that this you know greedy terrible in this movie evil person realizes that like oh I need to turn it around is the idea that they might die. Like like ultimately it's still about them. That actually affects them. It's it's that, that that they may die. You know what I mean? Like it's it's sort of their own mortality that's more important to them than like all the harm they've done to people throughout their lives or continue to put on them now. In the book and in some versions, Scrooge kind of starts to turn earlier. He'll say things like, "Oh, it's like oh, I've been so bad, but what I can, it's too late. What can I do now? Oh, or yeah. I'm too old to change." And yeah, you don't get any of that here. One of I think the strangest moments in this movie on how much it doesn't work is we're introduced to, um, is it the Richard Burton gag? No, we're introduced to, uh, the wonderful Karen Allen as, uh, his girlfriend. We kind of go through the past and then we have, you know, this, this moment that's like the breakup between them. Yeah. And it's one of the few times in this movie that I'm kind of strangely on Frank's side. The, the, because considering how awful he is and all the terrible things that he does, and he's just a bad person. This is like the one time where it was actually like, for any person, like kind of a difficult decision to make. You well, he just doesn't handle it well. Yeah, if he, I'm sure if he would have been nice and kind about it and talked to her, but he was never made... nice and kind and talked to her. Like, you <laughs> know, he he is. He's pretty sweet. Like when they're dating in that yeah. scene from the past when they're giving gifts and stuff so this you don't think he what do you mean Uh, what do you mean i think i think he only likes her because she pays attention to him i mean it's it's (sighs) even like the gift giving is him just handing her a gift and then it's more about the gift he gets from her like he's to me just even at that moment a pretty selfish person he's like a man child even then so can, can i say in your defense maybe 
the whole arc of Bill Murray and Karen Allen is handled badly, and it's yes. weird. It is and it's, very and weird. And that is a big diversion from the original text, which whatever. I'm, I'm fine with something taking a turn, but they turn her character into a pretty pathetic figure, in my opinion. He calls her after 15 years, and she is and she Im- shows up immediately ready to shack up and yeah. go get dinner. And then yeah. he's mean to her, and then she takes him back again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. She's she's um, just a dish rag. Yeah, the idea that someone like like a Scourge figure could get his his first love back after behaving the way that he behaves is is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and, and that's why, and like, yeah, and I would assume the original story, and in no adaptation I've ever seen. Does he get that woman? No, back? this in the in the the original text, and I in almost every other adaptation, you do. I think you might see Scrooge with the Ghost of Christmas, present or future, seeing his past fiance helping the poor, but he never talks to her again. Like the last time Scrooge ever talks to his fiance is when she breaks up with him. Because she's supposed to be the the one of moral compass. She's the one who says, you used to love me, and now all you love is money. So again, it goes back to the whole point of the well, original she was, story. She, she, she was one of these ghosts in his life, basically, and he ignored it. Yeah. It, it serves that function, like to, to hold a mirror up to what he's becoming, and he chooses not to look at it. And yeah. then now later in life, he does that. Now, can I say something I like? Just to yeah. like this. I am a sucker. Okay, so in a movie, when a, what are you, you hot to trot for? When you have a, a flashback to a character when they're younger, the less effort you put into them looking young, the better, in my opinion. And all they do is put a wig on Bill Murray. Yep. They don't do anything to make him look younger at all. This is, I think, Bill Murray like having the most fun in this movie is when he's playing a younger version of himself. And I have to think it's because he knows how funny it is that they're trying to make him seem like a 22-year-old. Yeah. Or that he's supposed to be a 22-year-old and he doesn't look like it at all. Yeah. And the mullet is hilarious and his like little tucked-in tank tops and stuff. It's really, really funny. It, it reminds me of in uh, Walk Hard how they make... Yeah, they do the same thing. Where they that. just they yes. put... And they just have constant jokes where it's like, I'm only 10 years old or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that as if you're making a comedy and there's going to be flashbacks, this is just easy way to get uh, get us laughing. He's shown to be younger because they put a wig on him. And for yeah. her, like, just put her in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking a J. It's just in the, in, the, in the spectrum of awfulness that Frank has, it's weird. And the stuff that she'll take him back for later on, that's weird that this goes from, like, we're the happiest couple ever to I don't think we should be with each other I, I think the implication is that this is not the first time he's done stuff like this. Yeah, it's just supposed to show that he's changing over time. It's yeah, it's fine. It just like, you know, when it comes to like shorthand breakup scenes in movies, it's oof. you just you just got done saying you like how short this movie is. I do, <laughs> I do, because all I want are the ghosts. Uh, you just, you need to be just, you need to be visited by some ghosts. One's gonna be Joe. One's gonna be me. And I don't know. As long as I outlive you guys. <laughs> the third one will open that up to a contest for our listeners. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, which ghost would you want to be? Which ghost would you want to be, Duff? Uh, 
Like if this was our job, where it's just like, oh, who's the guy tonight? It's this hedge fund guy in uh, New York, and he <laughs> hasn't seen his kids in five years. Uh, would, you, would you like, would your job like to be to show people their past, their present, or their future? I think Duff's a future guy. Really? <laughs> Why? Because yeah. he, cause he's be better at lumbering around in a giant robe? I think, yeah, I think <laughs> Duff would like dressing up, and I think he would just <laughs> deadpan deliver all this terrible news to him. I, I, I think it's no question that Rob is the ghost of Christmas present because he's always portrayed as a complete moron. Yes. <laughs> just just giggling and making yes. jokes all the time and messing around. Making Step. bad puns. Okay, I'll be the present. Joe, is that Joe's the past. Joe's driving the car. Joe will be in the past. Go, he can go yell. I have at, the most regret out he, of the three of and us. He can, so. go, he can go yell at some baby boomers when they're young. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Settled. <laughs> I think like anytime you're talking about a remake or an adaptation or remake and adaptation or whatever, it's like obviously like there's got to be a reason for this to exist. Like why do we need this right now? And like uh, Rob and I were recently talking about the that this new Lion King movie, which I don't know is that going to be out by the time this comes out or is that uh, like I summer? So. No, I think that's spring. I'm in on a Lion King movie though. I'm, I think I differ with you on that. No, that's not the point. The point is we were talking about it, and, okay. and that's just a contemporary remake. So A Christmas Carol, I mean, it, how many how many times? I, sh- I meant to look this up, but uh, I forgot to. It's probably made into a movie, yeah, or including TV movies, yeah, probably dozens of times. This one seems to be made as a way of attacking television, right? Mm. And the entertainment industry. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I find it really, really funny to watch this movie where the, the, the Hollywood is making this movie, making fun of the emptiness and, and shallowness of television. And then now we're watching this in 30 years later, and television is just do, running laps around films and doing touchdown dances and spiking the football. It's amazing how much things have changed in 30 years. Yeah, it, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't really like of that. Like all those parody like TV things at the beginning, it's like, yeah, obviously there's still garbage on TV, but it doesn't have really much cultural it's, power you know it, it's weird because i i i you're right i agree with you but when i was watching i think just because of what's in the news when they were showing these like fake shows i was just thinking how they don't seem any less real than what's the fox news streaming yeah channels it, it, stuff. It, it, be. yeah but that's just <laughs> yeah i guess it looks that, like their but, coverage but, of but the back caravan. then like this would be watched by 50 times more people you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing um, on the subject of those parodies and whatnot, those feel really ahead of their time. I and, agree. And I think that that's, uh, again, like a Michael O'Donoghue thing. And I think that's one of the better things he does in general is kind of what David Letterman did is just kind of holding up this microscope and saying, all of this is just kind of dumb garbage run by idiots. And yeah, like the, the parodies in that, they feel like something... There were a lot of things like that in 30 Rock, 15 years later, 20 years later, or like cutaway gags and current shows. Like it, it's wild to think that those were in something in 1988. Yeah, it, it is weird how like the rise of cable in this part of that 87 to 92 era is like how much is targeting like what's happening to, to television and mass media and how awful it's becoming. Yeah. But you're right now it's sort of changed like it's still that way actually but there's so much more that there are these just incredible 
it's like the other side we never thought like well there's going to be a lot of garbage but there's also going to be like some of the most incredible stuff that's storytelling visually that's being done yeah so on the subject that joe kind of got into about class consciousness the entire story is basically yelling at the government for allowing these conditions to exist and for poverty to exist scrooge's whole mo is money he's just supposed to be a proxy for governments or greedy people well and you think about his job he's a he's a money lender right (laughs) and he's just he's basically just a foreclosure king yeah Uh, he's a venture capitalist (laughs) so there's no there's just there's i just don't see how you could tell this story he would own an NBA team if if it happened. Now he'd, he'd own a sports franchise, <laughs> yes, for sure. And it just barely even touches. Like like okay, so his girl for ex girlfriend like helps out, runs a homeless shelter, but he doesn't care about them at all. No, his victory is basically getting her to leave the homeless shelter to come to his TV studio at the end. Yeah, and then they all cheer it on. Yeah. And then the homeless guy who passes away is the Return of the Jedi-style ghost looking down at him in the end, nodding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, then he he fires somebody with a family. That's a – let me tell you, that Bobcat – Bobcat has a, a, f- a fast spiral down. <laughs> he has a bad day. <laughs> Well, they keep they keep they keep taking his booze away, which that would make me mad too. He doesn't even get home yet. He's just like, I can't go home yet. In in the court in the course of the day, he is fired, gets very drunk. His wife leaves him and takes the kid. He obtains a shotgun. This movie has one of the all-time great "My wife left me" lines. (laughs) He's running around with a double-barrel shotgun. I'm all in for like, every time Bobcat was on the screen, and every time he talks, like I just, uh, I just love it. I just love he's, it so much. He's a treasure, and we don't appreciate him enough. We do not, and there's nothing like this modern day, right? Like, there's no modern day Bobcat who just has an absurd voice or something. That's another thing that you don't really see. You know, I think like we grew up, there was a lot of like people who you just were their voices were like what what carried them so much, or they had a persona. Speaking of comedians with bad voices do you <gasps> know who is supposed, supposed yes. to be the original ghost of christmas past right uh tell me joe who is it sam uh. <laughs> that would have sucked did Real bad. Your daddy did! <laughs> had he died before that or was he just bill murray uh, and him i know bill murray was friends with the other guy so that i oh, think he just with yeah. david david johansson slash buster point dexter yeah i forgot i read about that oh man that's that's a bullet dodged I have an Ebert quote that I think is really good. Yeah, he hated this movie. Yeah, this was a one-star movie from him. One problem is that Murray frequently interjects one-liners that are at right angles to the material, blocking the flow of the story, which I agree with. He gives the impression at these moments that he is seeking to distance himself from the film, but a story like this works only if it seems to believe in itself. You can't badmouth a Christmas Carol all the way through and then expect us to believe the good cheer at the end. I'm kind of shocked of the three of us. I think I like this movie the most, and I didn't. Oh, think I, that I was don't mind the it. Case. I, it's okay. Um, but I by the end, I it's like it's like a weird in a weird way in like a weird meta way. This movie like wins me over, like because by the end, you know, I, I kind of you know I get the Christmas spirit and and when the little boy talks it makes me feel things and it just like i feel like that moment's earned and by the end i'm like yeah holiday 
again, I'm generally not a fan of this movie, but it it tries things. I think I will say it's a noble failure. Yeah, noble failure would be what I would call it too. Sounds like the how we would call our projects in general. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the holidays. Let's talk about something happy. What's your favorite Christmas song? My I have I have a favorite Christmas album. Can I can I share that? Yeah. And I think this one might trigger you. Is guys. it the Bob Dylan one? No. It's, <laughs> is, it, is it Reba McIntyre? No, it's not. But I think you guys might mock me. I don't know. I, I legitimately love this album. Every Christmas, I play it and I play it over and over again, and I really like it. And if I had to say, Slayer, Rain, Rain, Blood. No, it is uh, a very she and him Christmas. Oh my God! I love that. It. That is twee af, but I like that. I it's, do like. They have two. They have two Christmas albums. Dude. They have. A, they have another one. Yeah, dude. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to listen to that. I love. I've listened to that album a ton. M Ward uh, sucks, and anytime anyone pays attention to him is when he sidles up creepily next to some beautiful woman who sings with him. That may be true, but that twee nonsense of she and him is perfect for Christmas music. I really like their first non-Christmas album, like their actual first album. I do too. So, Rob, the name of the album is called Christmas Party by Shane. Oh my God. I hate this album. I've never even heard it. Shut your mouth. It's holiday time. (laughs) Also, they make, in the the very Sheen Him Christmas, they sing Baby It's Cold Outside and they reverse the roles, which makes it less creepy. (laughs) I'm all in on the the Sheen Him. Uh, All right. Uh, All right. Charlie Brown Christmas is my favorite album. Oh, like, that's a uh, good one. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a good it's one. It's a good trio. Duff? Phil Spector's Christmas album, A Christmas <laughs> Gift for You, is very good. That's the most Duff answer ever. That's the one that has Darlene Love, Baby Please Come Home. Um, okay, okay. I have no idea has, what you're talking about. Y- you do. You just don't know it by name. If I want something more traditional, I like, I like the Sinatra Christmas album. Mm, yeah, that's good. So do you have any favorites that aren't made by people who did crimes or were connected to people who did crimes? <laughs> uh, non-murderers, you mean? <laughs> Italian Christmas. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something made in the last 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm surprised that Richard Burton impression didn't work more for you. You know what's actually uh, kind of a good one is... Uh, that new John Legend album, A Legendary oh. Christmas. That guy seems like he's got it all figured out. Yeah, he does. Yeah. His wife, too. Chrissy's sure is a funny person. It's cool that you guys are on a first-name basis like that. Oh, when I, mean, I follow her on Twitter, I feel like that counts. What? <laughs> <laughs> I dropped my beverage. <laughs> It's mostly it's just ice cubes. We need to take a break now. <laughs> All right, I, I think I can clean this up and talk at the same time. I'm going to a handheld mic. Oh, he's taking the mic off the stand. Uh, this is like when I get intimate. You know, you take yeah. it off the stand and walk closer to the audience and talk a little bit. I'm doing crowd work right now. <laughs> this is when you give the band a break. <laughs> How you doing tonight? How you doing tonight? Listeners? So where you uh, who, who, who traveled the farthest to get here tonight? <laughs> crowd work time. Oh. Uh, just for the listeners at home, I'm cleaning this up with um, bed sheets right now. That- <laughs> oh, my God. 
I found a hamper next to me. Oh my god! I, you can't keep recording from the homeless shelter. <laughs> I, I'm next to the lady from Goonies that's in Scrooge. All right, everything's fine. Duff, go on. Everything's fine here. How are you? How are you? <laughs> what is your favorite? Christmas Carol adaptation. And even if it's Scrooge, you can't say Scrooge Drop, so say your second favorite if that's the case. It's a Muppet Christmas Carol. I it's my that's my favorite Christmas movie, period. Uh give me the Muppets. I'm all in for the Muppets all the time. I don't you know what? It's it's weird. I don't think there is one that's like I've watched multiple times. Like I, I don't know if I have an answer for this. Right, I'm gonna name off some that I know you have opinions on so people can get mad at you when you say you don't <laughs> like them. Okay. Elf. Yeah, Elf is trash. Oh, my God. That's so bad. <laughs> yeah, Elf is uh, elf Not is Not just don't like it. For <laughs> it's, so st- it's not a joke. It's one a joke. joke. It's a guy. It's one joke. Look at He's tall. That's Elf. That's, that's, that's not true. That should, be, that should be the tagline. Uh, one guy's tall. This, this goes into your Will Ferrell thing, which you're absolutely wrong about. Have you come around on that? Uh, there are Will Ferrell things I enjoy. Okay, well that's that's progress. better than you used to be. Okay, um, still, all right. How still about I, wrong so, about Elf because it's delightful. Bad Santa. I like Bad Santa, but not enough to like. It's not like a favorite. No, Christmas Story. Well, I was saying Christmas. Uh, did we go? Well, I was Santa's saying Christmas, Chris, Christmas Carol adaptations. So we're oh, just, I know, but but we're just going to yeah. We expanded okay. to favorite Christmas movies because right. he. Christmas movies. Uh, mine, even though it's a movie that. It has flaws, it, and, and but uh, Christmas Vacation is like a thing we watch every year. <sighs> Let's talk about one joke. That's, Speaking of trash, yeah, that's that movie's right. better than Elf. No, no way, no way. Listeners, you're they're gonna own you talk, big time. Talk about a mean spirited movie. Yeah, you know the only other person insane enough to agree with you would be Randy Quaid. You asked, I answered. All yeah. right, that's your favorite one. That's really fitting, though. So <laughs> it it. <laughs> It probably is. Now, Duff, you you have you've seen multiple adaptations, so you can answer that part. What's your favorite adaptation? Uh the the British version with Alistair Sim, among other things. It it really draws into the spookiness and the ghost story aspect. Mm, I like that. Other, I also, that this is going to be my hot take, but you're automatically disqualified from being the best Christmas Carol adaptation if you don't have the children that the ghost of Christmas present keeps under his robe, ignorance and want. <laughs> Creepy as hell, which I'm on board for. I think that's one of the best scary things that happens in the book. And it's it's not always included. I think it's in the George C. Scott version, but not a ton otherwise. It's not in, in in the original version. It's not Ghost of Christmas Future, is it? Uh, yet to come, I think it's called. Yep, Ghost of Christmas, <laughs> yet to come, huh? Mm. <laughs> Anything else for the good of the order before we go to the dark web? Tales from the dark web. Dark web. This is there's a social network for film lovers called Letterboxed, B O X D at the end users there can make their lists of movies and rate them and such and one of these lists is christmas movie posters with white heterosexual couples wearing red and green <laughs> so what i did and this is my devotion to a free podcast i want to know which of these movies had the most bananas plot so i looked at the summary for all of these movies how many were there 
uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five times. So there's 80. And then on the next. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and these are all fairly recently, probably in the last five years. These are all on like Hallmark or sure. something like. Made for TV. Yeah, made for TV or direct to streaming or whatever. So the first one up is called The Christmas Shepherd 2014, okay. starring no one you've ever heard of Terry Polo, Martin Cummins. Jordan Ashley Olson. I'll just read the summaries of this. So, guys, if you have questions, I don't know. This is literally okay. all I know of these. Sally Brown, a successful children's book author and army widow, loses her late husband's German shepherd, Buddy, only to later find him adopted <laughs> by a new family, single father Mark Green and his teenage daughter, Emma. Each okay. finds a sense of Christmas spirit as they struggle to decide with whom the dog really belongs. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm guess, right, guessing, right. going to go out on a limb and guess that some romance occurs and they don't have yep. to decide. Doggy style. <laughs> God. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> You're so dumb. Uh, <laughs> so the next one is from 2014, directed by Kevin Fair, signed, sealed, deliver, delivered for Christmas. With a duty to deliver every last letter before Christmas, the beloved quartet of post office detectives <laughs> what? are working around the clock to redirect Santa's mail, just as Oliver runs into his former Sunday school teacher. Oliver is one of the post office detectives. When they receive an emotional last-minute plea not meant for St. Nick, but instead written to God, they must delay their own travel plans to make sure one little girl doesn't lose her Christmas joy, something Oliver and Shane are also struggling to find as they each find a painful, they each find face painful holiday memories. So. Mail on mail. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually good. Uh, Dang it. You redeemed yourself. So the next one is Journey Back to Christmas, starring DJ Tanner, Candace Cameron (laughs) Buer. Oliver Hudson, Tom Skerritt. This is 2016, directed by Mel Damsky. World War II has ended, and Hannah is still grieving over her husband's disappearance. When the Christmas Comet appears for the first time in 70 years, (laughs) Haley Bop, Hannah is caught in a terrible storm and knocked unconscious. When she wakes up, she's in 2016. Thank you for reading all those stuff. (laughs) It got very tedious. I'm glad that uh, we could present everyone this episode for Christmas. I can't think of a better gift. See, you did like giving a gift, Rob. The gift of you talking. The gift of content. (laughs) Rob, will you make your family listen to this on Christmas Day? No. (laughs) No, I will not. I will not. I guess to leave it on a pun for everyone. Can we do that? Can I say that? We don't have a choice. All right. Make sure you have a wonderful Christmas. Enjoy your time with family. Enjoy your presents. And make sure your candy canes are in mint condition. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, God bless us, everyone.